Welcome to The Quill and the Quantum, the podcast where we explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and the art of writing. I'm your host, Kathy Norris, and in each episode, we'll talk to those authors and other creatives who use or refuse to use AI in their writing process. Today's guest is Dan Janal, book, book coach, speaker, and author. Uh, Dan has authored 13 books, fiction and nonfiction, including his most recent, Write Your Book in a Flash. Uh, Dan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure. Indeed. So Dan, I am curious, when was the first time that you ever used AI, and what was your reaction when, you, when that happened, when you used it? Uh, great question. Uh, it sort of came out of nowhere, maybe in February <laughs> or January last year. And I run a mastermind group for ghostwriters and book coaches and developmental editors. And suddenly we're all talking about it and wondering about it and saying, you know, gee, can this really work? Can this help? So I dove right in. I used a program called QuickWrite. QuickWrite. Um, it's, it's specifically designed for authors. And one of the good things about it is that it's a closed system. Because that means that, you know, ChatGPT takes all of your stuff and it learns from it. So if you have any intellectual property, it's basically reading your intellectual property and stuff that you might want private. It's reading it and learning from it. And there are all sorts of lawsuits about it now from the New York Times to the Writers Guild and other writers associations as well. So I used QuickWrite and it's, uh, it, it's really, really good because it, well, I'll tell you a story. Please do. Uh, I was working with uh, my client, Marilyn, who's a certified financial planner, and she was writing a book for successful women and their to have a successful retirement. And I was helping her as her book coach and developmental editor. And we were already like three months into the project. And we had a number of, we had the outline done. We had a number of chapters done. And we said like, gee, I wonder what AI would do with this because it could create an outline for you. So, so we just typed in the words, um, six, a book for successful women about retirement, just like five words. And, it and came so up that with, was your prompt, huh? Yeah. And it came up with 18 chapter titles. We had a good number of them and, and some of them weren't really relevant. They were okay. Like, like medical issues as opposed to financial issues. So I can excuse that. And they had like two or three that we hadn't thought of. I was like, oh, how did that escape our ideas? So I thought, you know, AI is good for generating prompts and ideas and letting you know about things that you might not have thought about. And granted, if we sat down and, and wrote the rest of the book, we might have come across those two chapters as well. Um, but it did it for us. And it did it in a matter of seconds. So if you're starting a book from scratch, and you're saying, gee, I wonder what should be in this book about this topic. It very well may generate 20 title 20 chapter ideas for you and then you being the expert can say now these are a little off topic these are a little off base these are really good and i just saved myself half an hour of brain work thinking about this so i think there's some really good points about ai with prompting and idea generation that every writer whether it's fiction or nonfiction, should look at just to see more ideas and get more creative juices flowing here, here, um, uh, Dan, I heard you speak once and, and you said, and I quote, AI makes a good intern. And I thought that was a wonderful expression and captured very neatly um, 
some of the pros and cons of AI. Can you can you dive into that that uh, thought a bit more for us? Sure. AI can, AI is like a smart intern that is very very patient. And I didn't create this. I've heard this on seminars. So you know, mm -hmm. I'm all about uh, integrity and giving sources and uh, giving credit where credit is due. Um, in fact, my book was called "Write Your Book in a Flash with Artificial Intelligence Ethically." Uh, <laughs> just, just, just to get the name straight, my, my my main book is called "Write Your Book in a Flash." That's a book for everyone, so basically for nonfiction authors. But basically, uh, the idea here is that you can ask it to do anything, and if it doesn't do it right, or if you don't like the answers, you can go back and ask it again. So, well, let's take marketing copy for well, okay, let's take titles, book titles. You ask it for, you know, give me five book titles for a, a book about successful women having a successful retirement. And it comes up with some, and they're sort of like lame. So you can ask it again, say, okay, like maybe then you can go ask like prompts and say, write a funny one, write a how-to one, write a uh, uh, 10 keys or 10 keys for success kind of one. Uh, write it as if you were John Grisham, which is really getting scary, which is something else we may or may not get into. But you can ask it repeatedly. I used it for marketing copy because I hate marketing. Uh, I'm a journalist. Uh, I really don't do hype very well. But I wrote a book about pickleball, and I wanted to have I'm a sorry, pickle, Did you say pickleball, Dan? Pickleball. pickleball okay. Yeah, the sport. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to sell the book to country clubs to buy them in bulk and give away to their members as a benefit. So I, uh, but I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I went to AI, actually ChatGPT in this case. And I said, you know, why would a country club uh, tennis or pickleball pro or, or sports pro want to give a book away to their members? And they came up with five answers, like loyalty, recognition, rewards, and a couple of others. And it also had like two sentences that would talk about customer loyalty. I couldn't do that. I don't have a background to do that. I, if I were a copywriter, I'd be scared. If I'm a nonfiction or a fiction author, not so scared. But if I'm a copywriter, an advertising person, I'd be scared that I'd be out of a job tomorrow, frankly. Well, you know, what you're saying is consistent with what the Authors um, Guild found. They did a survey back in 2023 on the use of generative AI uh, among their authors. And 42, 45% said they use AI as a grammar tool. 29% said they used it to brainstorm plot ideas and characters. 14% said they use it to structure and organize drafts. And 26% said that they use it in their marketing. Um, but of the 7% of writers who, who, who uh, only 7% said they used generative AI for the text of their work. And what you're describing to me seems to fit very neatly with that whole great as a marketing tool, great as to brainstorm, but not exactly something that you would use to write the actual text. Very true. Uh, I agree with that completely, but there's an exception. Mm -hmm. I just finished a book with a, uh, a realtor who has a, uh, a study course for chiropractors to become realtors because that's what he did. And we had, to, we had to come up with ideas like, you know, how do you shut down your practice? How do you transition your practice? And there are many steps. And I could have interviewed him for an hour to find out, you know, what do you need to do to shut down your chiropractic practice? But he actually went to ChatGPT and said, how do you shut down a chiropractor practice? And he came up with like 20 ideas, you know, notify your vendors, notify your customers, uh, notify your landlord, uh, 
call the state boards. I mean, all sorts of minutia that you would have found that's either in your head because you know it and it takes time to get it out of your head or you'd scour the web and do searching like you would do in the good old days before chat GPT and AI. And we'd say like, you know, what steps you have to do to do X? And we'd find the information and we'd rewrite it, repurpose it, make it our own in many, in many ways. But he did it by himself and it took maybe 30 seconds. And we really didn't need to rewrite it. Um, it was just generic material that, you know, would work. It's sort of like going to WebMD and seeing an article about, you know, acne. How do you get acne? It gives you five reasons. How do you get rid of acne? It gives you five reasons. What are things to watch out for? It gives you five reasons. And it just does. So writing is becoming very pedestrian in some respects. And in that way, AI works. In fact, one of the women in my mastermind group for ghostwriters and book coaches is a uh, English professor at a small college in the Midwest. And she told me that she was talking to a business professor in the business school. And they said, get this, we are not teaching business writing anymore because AI can do it for them. And I thought, you know, man, this is like when I was in college, you know, back in 1973, which is a long time ago, and handheld calculators were cost a fortune. And maybe the rich kids had calculators. They brought them into their tests and they, they did them faster and better than the kids who didn't have the test uh, or didn't have the calculators. And four years later, everyone had a calculator because the price had come down. Now the teachers had redesigned their tests, assuming you had the calculators, and they didn't care about how you knew how to come up with the formula to find the definition because that's the calculator's job now. They want to know what you did with the information from that calculation. So it changed everything in terms of, you know, that kind of math science department. And, you know, I wonder what that's going to do to, to writing skills. And I don't know the answer. And it's, I assume it's, that for people whose English is not a first language, this is going to be a great game changer. It will level the playing field for people who do not have a great command of English, for dis- people who have dyslexia or other issues, uh, can clean up. So, I mean, Grammarly saves my butt every single <laughs> day. I mean, I type an email and I'll leave out a or the or an. You know, your brain thinks it's there, but it isn't. Grammarly says it's missing. So I like the fact that your survey said that people use it for grammar because we are using AI. We have been using forms of AI. We just didn't call it AI until this year. Oh, that that's so true. I was um, reading an article about a a junior college professor, and it, it was, the gist of it was that basically AI means the death of the college essay. And, and she said, you know what, and that's a good thing because college essays were becoming so rote and so predictable hmm. that there was no need to, for a, a student to waste brain cells in generating a product that, you know, is, is not really creative and, and new. And that really sort of took me by surprise. Uh, I, I thought a, a college professor, a junior college professor, professor would mourn the, the death of the college essay, but it was a totally different um, approach. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I'm sort of surprised because the whole idea of writing clarifies your thoughts. And most of my clients have said the very same thing, that you know they write a first draft and they go back and they revise it. And they, their ideas get clearer and clearer. In fact, sometimes the scope of the book changes 180 degrees because they realize that 
what they were first writing was not really what they were passionate about or what they really wanted to do. And the more they got into it, the more the more they got in touch with their inner self and realized that they want to go in a different direction. So I think that writing is an essential part of the process. You know, I love writing, you know, taking a, a number two pencil, writing on a yellow legal pad and just yeah. writing. And no one does that anymore, of course. I mean, I guess some people journal or whatever, but, you know, there, there's there's something that goes on in the human brain with you know pen and pencil on paper versus uh, typing on a computer. And granted, I was a newspaper reporter. Type I can type through my fingers. I think through my fingers. I don't have that problem. But there's something tactical and brain brain theory that happens when you actually pick up a pen and put it on paper. It's a totally different experience. You know, Dan, you mentioned that you used to be a newspaper reporter. Um, tell us more about your about your background and how did you get into writing. Uh, well, I always wanted to be a writer, so I went to journalism school at Northwestern because I thought I'd become a reporter, and I'd like to like meet all, all these interesting and fascinating people, and I'd write the great American play. And instead, I went to work for newspapers, and I covered the most boring city council meetings in the world that talked about, you know, uh, how to collect garbage and how to charge for the garbage collections, and you know, back and forth. It was just incredibly boring and and stupid. Uh, <laughs> Useful, I guess, but, you know, does not make for the great American play. So I went into PR back at the dawn of the computer era, and uh, I worked for companies like K-Pro and Commodore, which were synonymous with the words computer at the time. And I was on the PR team that launched America Online, and I wrote one of the first books about marketing on the Internet back in 1993. And that led to, like, speaking literally around the world, from Beijing to Budapest, all over um, uh, the United States, Canada, either Mexico, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, so writing a book really opened up the whole world to me. Uh, so when you write your book, you, you have no idea where you can possibly go. But if that were the end of the story, that would be great. But I got an email from a, a, from a gentleman in India a number of years ago, and he said, I bought your book back in like 1995, and uh, it cost me a month's salary. Because remember, we're in America. A book is... Mm -hmm. Well, book is cheap, but in India, it's it's third, third world, different world, different countries. It's It was very expensive. He said, I'm so glad I did because I started a business based on one of the ideas in your book. And it became very successful. So my wife could stay home and raise our kids. She didn't have to work. And our kids went to college and they're completely debt free. And I owe it all to you because of the idea I had in your book. So when you write a book, you have no idea who you're going to influence or how many people you're going to influence or around the block or around the world or now in the neighborhood, they're never going to email you. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was lucky. He told me, but you have no idea when you write your memoirs or your fiction or your stories, you have no idea how you can inspire people and change their lives for the better. So write that book. Oh, definitely. I feel inspired. Like I should, I should, I should, you know, leave this podcast and go back to my desk and pick up where I, I, I left off, you know, whether with AI or without, um, uh, which is, I think, something that, that uh, writers need more of, that, that sort of fire in the belly, at least this writer, fire in the belly to get going. Uh, I think in that sense, when it comes to AI, I have asked AI when, I, when I'm encountering plot difficulties to, you know, what, they, what AI thinks. And, and of the five or six ideas that might come out, Never have I, never has there been one that I, I whole, I embraced 100%. But as you said, it saved me countless hours mm -hmm. of sort of dithering and, and running into walls where I could go through them and say, no, 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 no. Yes, this is an idea I can build on most definitely. 
interesting. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, there's already of the ethical dilemma of AI and not to get into philosophy or anything, but, you know, one of my clients wrote a chapter and she asked me to edit it. And she said, I know it's ridiculously long. I know I said the same thing several times over here. I just can't edit this anymore. Um, I'm blind to it. Can you do it for me? And, you know, that's part of my job. And I knew it would take me an hour or so. And I figured, like, you know, okay, this is what I do. But again, this is the beginning stages of AI. You know, back mm -hmm. in February, March of last year, I said, I wonder what AI would do with this. So I just put it into AI, just chat GPT, and just like said, you know, condense this, remove duplications, whatever. You know, very, very small prompts, you know, very little bit of information or instruction. And it came back and it took me 2,000 words. It reduced it down to about 750 words or so. And it was perfect. Now I had an ethical dilemma. I go to my client and I give it to my client. I said, here's your, here's your, 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 your file. What do you think? She said, oh, it's great. It's perfect. It has everything I need. It's much shorter. It's brighter. It's crisper. This is uh, thank you very much. So the ethical dilemma, do I tell my client that AI did it? And, you know, I'm an ethical person. And I said, you know, I told her that, that what I did with AI and, you know, she didn't care. She didn't care about the process. She just cared about the final result. It would, it read, it worked great. That's fine. I don't charge by the hour. So it didn't cost her more or less, you know, which is obviously another ethical consideration as well. Um, so um, everyone was happy, but I think there, there is an ethical consideration that if you are writing for a client, you should let them know that this is AI. You should let them know that you ran it through a, say a plagiarism checker or two or three to make sure that it wasn't stolen. And also because AI hallucinates mm -hmm. and makes stuff up that you check the facts because I'll tell you two quick stories. Sure. One of my, one of my uh, clients wanted to take his blog posts and turn them into a book, but he had a hard time picking the blog posts because he had like 400 blog posts. We wanted 40 in the book. So I went to AI and I said, go to this website and find 40 blog posts on these eight different topics and put the links in there so we can write this book. And in like 10 seconds, it did it. And it was perfectly organized. And that, but then I clicked on the links and the links did not exist. It oh created, my goodness. It created the most perfect outline for this guy, but he hadn't written those stories. It was like, it made it up. It was like, oh my God. Uh, but it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Second story, back to Marilyn, the financial planner for successful women. I said, write the back cover copy for this book. And again, just five words of, you know, successful retirement planning for women, five words. And it picked and it wrote four paragraphs that were the absolute best paragraphs written in the best way you could ever possibly imagine for the back cover copy of a book. It knew what to do. The only problem was, it had this wonderful testimonial quote from Susie Orman, you know, the famous financial yes. guru. And, you know, she's written books. She's been on PBS. She, worldwide famous, lovely, lovely person. Had this wonderful testimonial quote from her. The only problem is the book hadn't been written. <laughs> so Susie Orman had never seen the book. She had never, could never create that quote because it did not exist. AI created it by itself and put her name on there because it was like, Hey, this is what a famous person would say about a book. And let's find a famous person. We'll take a name. Susie Orman. Boom. Unbelievable. You need to double check this stuff.
it, it, you're really good. You know, that is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing because I can remember the times when uh, I have indeed in chat GPT asked for something and, you know, when followed up the references, I think I was asking for an outline on a course on non-financial retirement planning. And I asked it to provide me a list of top 10 references in that area. And some of those references, it didn't, it didn't exist. I was all excited at first. I was like, oh, I can go to Amazon. I can order this, 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 and this. But when I went to Amazon, I couldn't find the, the, those books for neither love nor money. It was, it, it, it was one of those aha moments when you're quite correct. You do have to check absolutely everything. And, and circling back to your comment about transparency, uh, you're, you're, I think you're quite correct in saying the, the answer to those questions is to err on the side of being conservative. Will the client mind? Who knows? The only way to know is to ask and to say, I use generative AI to complete this project. Boom. What do you think? And I think once you've done that, you've, you've covered the bases as far as what's the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and again, my client, the real estate guy, actually used AI to do this. He didn't ask me to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it means that the non-writing world is accepting AI as just another tool they can use, like a paint program or an audio program. And, you know, they can, they can create music and they're happy with it. So everyone's happy. So I think the acceptance is going to be really... Um, the acceptance is there and we as writers we can make it better you know, we can look at anything and say oh it could be more we could use more illustrative words we can use more flowery words we can make it sound more um high level or low level or interesting or dynamic or millions of we know millions of words we're writers uh, <laughs> so if we can improve anything um, but for the common person out there who just wants a letter done or a or resume an or an email. Uh, I mean, I saw, a, a, I think it was on Grammarly, you know, you write an email, do you want to make this sound friendlier or more informative or like, and it changed the tone. It changed the tone of dialogue. It's like, oh my gosh. So you can type, you can type a blog post, um, put it into chat GPT and say, make this sound friendlier, make this sound more informative. Uh, make this sound like a sixth year, a sixth grader could understand it, and it will do it. It knows the words and the vocabulary of a sixth grader, uh, and and it can do it. It knows how funny words. It knows authoritative words. It's it's it's, it's amazing. And you're coming up with these great prompts. I think that the next nonfiction book ought to be the top ten. You know, the the top ten prompts, AI prompts for you to for you to use, depending on the the category of information that you're looking for, because. Uh, Really, I, 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 one of the things I'm going to do is, is, is review this podcast and write some of this stuff down. It's been fantastic. Yeah, there are, there are a million prompt books out there, by the way. Oh, are there? They're, they're, people got on those on, on day one. They probably used AI to create them. I'm only joking. But it's a <laughs> magic, you know, we only know what we know. So someone else writes a prompt and said, oh, my gosh, write this prompt as if you were a you know, Jerry Seinfeld or uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, a physics professor or a congressional aide. And it adopts that tone. I would never think about doing that until I saw it. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. Write this as if you were a doctor. 
okay? It could be totally different than if I wrote it as, as a layman. And it's, you can learn from other people and their ideas, which is what we're doing and what you're doing so wonderfully on your podcast. We're sharing ideas and people are listening to me saying, I never thought about that. And I'm listening to you, Kathy, saying, I never thought about that. And we're all learning from each other. And that's what makes the world go around. And on that note, Dan, that's exactly what this is all about. We're all, we all have something to contribute at the infancy of AI um, as far as integrating it into our creative processes, whether we choose to or refuse to. And I'm sure I, I've been desperately searching for someone who refuses to use uh, AI, who's willing to come on to the podcast. And that's been a heavy lift, believe it or not. Most people who are adamant about refusing to use it don't want to come, you know, and, and, and say something about it, but but you've been a delight. Is there is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't covered already? And by all means, talk to us about um, um, write your your book in a flash. Talk to us about that, where we can find it, and how your and how listeners can connect with you in social well, media. Well, well, great. Thank you very much. I work with business professionals and medical professionals to help them write their books, to build their business, to leave a legacy, to leave a message. I also write business fables. So you asked about nonfiction or fiction. I write business fables, love writing business fables. They're, 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 they're a total joy. Um, and my book is called Write Your Book in a Flash. That's the name of my website as well. I have a podcast called Write Your Book in a Flash. And that's a branding message for everyone out there. Name your book, name everything the same thing. You know, write your book in a flash. Um, it's basically for nonfiction authors, and it gives a step-by-step -step, uh, description about how to write your book from the very beginning to the very end, to how to get beta readers and all that good stuff. Um, and the uh, the AI book, write your book in a flash with AI. They're both on Amazon. Um, so if you if you think if you want to write a book and need help as uh, with a developmental editor or a, a book coach, uh, that's me. I do selective ghostwriting for certain people. So we can get in my calendar and we can talk and see if it's a good fit. So thank you for this opportunity, Kathy. Dan, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for, for coming on board and doing this. 